Hi, I'm Jason Pritchard, and welcome to the evtollinsights.com podcast, a show featuring brilliant guests from companies in the aviation and urban air mobility markets. Throughout each episode, we'll be finding out about their exciting projects, which will help revolutionise the way we travel in future and get their insight into the current state of the industry. In this episode, I'm joined by J.R. Hammond, Executive Director of CAM, the not-for-profit Canadian Advanced Air Mobility Consortium. It specialises in creating the marketplace for advanced air mobility in Canada and is spearheading the efforts in organising, strategising and executing the advanced air mobility ecosystem to bring the next frontier of aviation to Canada. JR, thank you so much for joining us on the EVTOL Insights podcast. Hello from Vancouver, Canada. Absolute pleasure to be on the podcast today, Jason. Thank you for having us. No, my, my pleasure, JR. Are you able to tell our listeners about your career background today and what led you to be part of CAM? That's it. So I had the fortunate privilege of going through my education here in Canada, starting off with my undergrad at the University of Toronto, where we had the opportunity to really dive into the international connection that came through their sustainable finance program. And this led me around the world to really discover the positivities that the aviation sector has on connecting people, goods and services at the various points around this planet. And that continued with my Master of Finance that I completed over in Shanghai in China at Shanghai's Jiaotong Dashui, focusing on diving into the rapidly developing Pacific Asian continent and an understanding the different aspects of how those intricate links are fundamental to the, to the world economy. Now, the critical part came through my work when I came back to North America and had a chance to work for Imaginea Energy and a visionary CEO whose name was Suzanne West, who really painted the picture of this entrepreneurial spirit on developing the new way of smashing together sustainability in the energy industry. Now, unfortunately, due to her passing in 2018 due to brain cancer, the opportunity came to continue some of the legacy work that she was progressing. And this led to my first attendance at the Uber Elevate conference in LA in 2018, and just introducing this beautiful synergy of sustainability and aviation really painting the forefront of what the potential was for this next frontier. And that led us to expanding a business model here in Canada, really understanding that we had a lot of the fundamental ingredients already in place in areas such as Vancouver, British Columbia, and across the nation. And we put together a business plan to start up the Canadian Advanced Air Mobility Consortium a year and a half ago. And it's led us to creating an ecosystem here in the Canadian space to date. Are you able to tell us how CAM is going to achieve its aim and objectives then in the industry? And this is where we really get to paint the picture of start dreaming big. So our goals and objectives for CAM within the advanced air mobility industry is to be the one-stop shop for AAM operations in Canada. And with our terminology, we really focus on having the urban air mobility and the regional air mobility aspect fall under our umbrella. And that's encompassing the VTOL, STOL, and CTOL side, and really providing that link from the incredible work done in the UAS and drone industry, as well as the bridge to commercial aviation as the energy capacity increases in the future for AAM operations. But fundamentally, under all of that goal of the AAM operations is that of the zero emissions aspect ensuring that we start off with that high commitment and framework towards a zero emission aircraft platform 
and building that out throughout the Canadian context. We've had many conversations in the past as well, and I know Michael Diamond at Nexa Capital Partners has said that uh, Canada in particular, Vancouver, could be one of those early adopter cities of EV toll, urban air mobility as well. But from your point of view, Jar, why do you think Canada then could be one of those early adopters? Being the privileged side from the Canadian aspect, we have a much smaller and more nimble market compared to other developing AAM operations around the world. And this really allows us the opportunity to bring the decision makers in our federal capital of Ottawa, that of our provincial capitals, Victoria, and our local municipalities together around a table to really start identifying the optimal roadmap for AAM operations in Canada and to ensure that this framework is not just siloed to one geographic location, but that framework can be applied as quick and efficiently as possible nationwide. And the goal behind this is to build upon the commitment by our federal government to the climate goals and the decarbonization of transportation, and to really understand that Canada coming from the vast amount of land and sparsely populated uh, individuals across the country have this opportunity to benefit from this unique connectivity technology. And lastly, on that point, leaning into our extreme weather conditions that we have in Canada from both the IFR conditions and the icing. Our goal is to work with manufacturers to say, if we can prove out operations here through our testing facilities and infrastructure side, watch what we can do for the world in taking that knowledge and learning elsewhere. What has the feedback been like when you're speaking to people, Jar, about this next frontier of aviation in Canada? feedback that we've received so far has been really on that exciting piece on seeing how close these potential operations are. And where we focus on the Vancouver conversation is identifying the existing operations and the existing infrastructure to use as those foundational ingredients for expanding to advance their mobility operations. So specifically, we have three ingredients within Vancouver in the British Columbia region that showcase how close these operations can be. Number one is the sustainability push by both the provincial and regional municipalities, understanding that decarbonization of transportation is included in their 53 action items against climate change. Operational excellence is number two, having the largest scheduled helicopter service on the planet with Helijet being located here in Vancouver, giving the insight data demand modeling behind where these opportunities can expand. And third, on our geography and our natural ecosystem, having the mountains and the waterway and the, the U.S. border to the south of us really provides a unique geography opportunity to move traffic over water instead of densely populated land areas and ensure that we have a higher degree of public acceptance between psychoacoustics, visual disturbance, and also the acceptance to conventional helicopter flow plane operations. It's really exciting that Nexa Capital Partners has recently released its white paper about advanced air mobility coming to Vancouver. Are you able to talk to us a bit more about what the transportation systems is like in Vancouver at the moment? And what opportunities do you think that this new frontier of aviation will give to the uh, people living in the city as the industry begins to grow? Nexa has been absolutely fantastic in their work on really laying that foundational roadmap for where this can be applied in the future and to allow the public to start leaning into the excitement and innovation behind these different use cases that could play out 
yes, in the British Columbia region, but what we hope is to have that expand not only in the Canadian context, but north and south across the border as well with our partners in the Cascadia region of the state of Oregon, the state of Washington and British Columbia. But the critical part is it really allows some of our regulators here in Canada, specifically NAV Canada and that of Transport Canada, to understand what kind of role we can play into the development of our safe, efficient and economical operations in the future. And the key piece is NAV Canada is currently undergoing a massive project called the Vancouver Airspace Modernization Project, which focuses on redesigning the airspace above Vancouver and southwestern British Columbia for more efficient operations. And we've been invited to have a seat at the table to start showcasing, yes, the concerns for conventional commercial operation, but where this airspace needs to expand to host our not only drone and UAS operations, but those of advanced mobility in the very near future. That must be very exciting, Joe, to certainly have a seat at the, that table to sort of help sort of influence those decisions as well. That, that must be really exciting for you going forward. It's fantastic, but the, the true privilege is working with the experts at NAV Canada at the airlines across the country in understanding their concerns and their, their ability to operate within this airspace. As we know, this has to be a cooperation opportunity. It can't be designed for one sole user. And so diving into that creative innovation space with these experts is simply mind-blowing. Completely agree, Jaya, and, and collaboration is a, is a word that I'm hearing time and time again and I think it's a very important word as well that it's not it's collaboration it's not competition isn't it and I think if we can put all our minds together to, to create a system that is going to benefit everyone in, in the world that then that's only can be only be a good thing as well so how important do you think then collaboration is as we as we go forward I know you, you touched upon it earlier but it's it's really important that we sort of work together on this isn't it that's absolutely critical. And that's been our foundational motto in developing out the framework for TAM is to ensure that we invite the stakeholders to be a part of the conversation and really allow the experts to be experts in their area in developing out this new ecosystem. We're not trying to be the one, uh, the one group with answers to all of the problems. We're trying to bring together and catalyze the experts so that they can be more effective in their own areas and bring up the entire level of water in the harbour rather than one specific area. It leads me on to my next question, really. Um, I was part of um, CAM's quarterly digital open house, the last one. It's a br brilliant, brilliant um, um, conversation that you led with some really fascinating speakers as well. But you talked to us also about this triple bottom line as part of a new feasibility study between Vancouver General Hospital and the Royal Jubilee Hospitals in Victoria. I know that some of our listeners might not have been involved in that uh, conversation, but yeah, would tell them a bit more about this, please. One of the aspects of the triple bottom line analysis was the tangible near-term next step coming out of our white paper. And the goal behind it was to identify a revenue generating opportunity for advanced air mobility that taps upon not just the economic case, but really brings together that triple bottom line of the environmental, social, and economic narratives to ensure that this is the correct AAM opportunity to raise the benefit for society overall. One of the opportunities that presented through our, that came out via our studies was that of BC Cancer and Helijet showcasing the movement of time-sensitive cancer-treating radioisotopes that are produced at Vancouver's General Hospital 
and are required to be transported to our provincial capital, Victoria's Royal Jubilee Hospital. Now, for those that can pull up Google Maps and take a look, there is not an easy way to get between these two hospitals as conventional ground transportation requires trucking, an hour and a half ferry, and an additional an hour and a half trucking tie to go between the different locations. What's critical to this use case as well is that the time sensitivity comes in the half-life of these radioisotopes. As soon as they leave the hospital in Vancouver, they have a half-life of only 110 minutes, meaning every additional minute of logistical transportation time means less patients treated upon arrival, requiring more isotopes to, to be produced overall. So what we've been doing in this feasibility study is analyzing the conventional ground transportation, comparing that to having a helijet conventional Sikorsky S-76 helicopter move from downtown, the downtown heliports to the downtown heliports, and lastly, bringing in an eVTOL solution to actually move hospital to hospital since we can satisfy the noise and environmental concerns that the hospitals have for landing and departing on their rooftops. And I'm excited to say that the initial results coming out of this study are thumbs up across all three of those cases. And we really hope to expand on this framework and showcase how we can have triple bottom line solutions and not just tap on only the, uh, the economic aspects. Could this sort of this study open up more opportunities in other cities then, for example, not just Victoria and Vancouver? That's exactly it. And the goal behind this is to identify that framework so that, yes, we have a triple bottom line uh, feasibility study that can be applied elsewhere geographically. But critically behind that, I challenged Nexa and our other contributors to the work to really build out this framework that has been the foundation of CAM, which is ensuring that our advanced air mobility operations are equitable, inclusive, resilient, intermodal, accessible, and operate on that zero emission platform basis. And this framework becomes geography agnostic. So we're trying to expand that as quick and efficiently as possible. It's early days at the moment, but when the industry does sort of pick up and we are starting to see services that are operational, what do you think revenue generating operations could look like in Canada first once, once everything is up and running? Mm, and this is where it feeds into my visionary side, where I love to just play out and see the different concepts coming out of the, <laughs> the work from not only in Canada, but around the world. One of the personal ones that I resonate with, and this has been a foundational conversation with our main public transportation provider here in British Columbia called TransLink, on exploring this idea of what an air metro concept can be. In Vancouver, we're challenged with the amounts of water, the bridge capacities that we need for moving traffic, and the difficult geography area. So how can we start imagining where additional tunneling or building bridges for the expansion of public transportation may not make economical sense, where an air metro concept of carrying 20, 25 upwards passengers, linking some of those deserted areas to existing metro stations, can be a really unique opportunity for not only the movement of passenger, passengers, but also that of urban freight. So I love playing out this air metro concept and showcasing how that can be a benefit for, for larger amounts of people in society. But as we expand on the additional revenue generating operations, it's the regional air mobility, including the transborder services, emergency services, the medivac, critical supplier equipment delivery, 
services to underserved northern remote communities in Canada, specifically, specifically that of the indigenous relations and communities, airport shuttle services, wildlife tracking and monitoring, fishery monitoring and compliance, and then critically for Western Canada here, rapid wildfire dispatch and response, especially as we've seen that play out over the summertime of 2020. Completely agree, Joe. I think it's really important as well, isn't it, to know that this kind of technology or this new frontier of aviation is just going to have so many advantages for not just transporting people between cities and cities or in suburbs from one suburb to another, isn't it? It's it's going to open up a, a whole host of advantages, which I'm really looking forward to as well. And we also talk about as well about linking in this this next stage of aviation with, as I think you mentioned transportation systems that are currently in the city as well so I know we've talked on about and you've mentioned in the conversation about Vancouver's current transportation I understand that it helijet has been in the city for sort of 30 40 years correct me if I'm wrong but it's important isn't it to sort of link the current transportation systems with this new age of aviation and not just have it separate to that is it that's exactly it. So Helijet has been operating in Vancouver for 38 years, as well as our Harbor Air, which operates the float planes out of downtown Vancouver for around a similar time frame. And the critical piece that we are focusing on is ensuring that AAM does not develop as an island of a technology completely separate and as a silo itself, but really building those strong connections to existing operations and existing infrastructure to literally and figuratively get the industry off the ground, making those strong connections from day one. CAM has done an incredible amount of work to bring together a whole host of parties into this advanced air mobility ecosystem. What do you think then are the next steps that we need to take sort of going forward? The the privilege that we have on bringing together these diverse stakeholders has been the critical success factor of CAM so far. Our next goal is really to lean into the hurdle of awareness and conversations that need to happen on the social and environmental space for advanced mobility in Canada. Our goal is to start bringing in the public and really understanding their concerns and the opportunities for them to become more engaged as we've done a successful job in the informed aviation community. We have a sufficient enough base now to start expanding that and have a platform to include the social engagement and public engagement side, which will be critical for our near-term success with the operations we're looking at in Canada. You make a very good point that it's all about getting that public acceptance and engaging with them as to what this new age of aviation would look like. How do you think we as an industry should do that? One of our main points is building upon the platforms that our partners such as YVR, Vancouver's International Airport, TransLink, the public transportation provider, and the city of Vancouver have designed over decades on that public engagement, being a positive community member, and really pulling pieces of their success and not trying to design something brand new. But the key factor behind it is identifying how this technology can benefit society as a whole rather than just a small subsection of the socioeconomic spectrum. And once we can create that narrative and have that understood and create a space for common feedback, concerns and questions to be addressed and implemented, it creates a new dynamic of how we are playing a role as a positive community member trying to incorporate this technology. I mentioned in earlier in our conversation about the quarterly digital open house, which I thought was a brilliant conversation. Should credit to you um, for for leading that, and it's been brilliant sort of following the developments. But how has feedback been from the, the one we had previously? And and um, 
are we planning to have more sort of in the near in the near future? That's it, Tim. This is where I get to lead into lots of the excitement in our digital space, where it makes uh, expanding across Canada and bringing together conversations a lot easier than jumping on a plane from Vancouver to Toronto or Montreal for six and a half hours. Mm -hmm. So yes, we're expanding with our next quarterly digital open house on October 30th. And I know I'll mention the website at the conclusion of our conversation. But the plans for the rest of this year is to build upon those conversations, introduce the work that CAM is pushing forward. And hopefully in the near future, we'll have our exciting announcement of future launch cities in Canada and our timeframe for revenue operating flights of some of our use cases in British Columbia sometime in 2021. Great, thanks, Ja. And I'm sure all the listeners have really appreciated you talking to us about CAM and where it hopes to be in the next few years. But where can our listeners find out more about your work? Nice and simple. You can visit our updated website. We are located at www.canadianaam.com. And on the social media side, please take a look at our Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn profiles, searching up Canadian Advanced Air Mobility Consortium. Great. Thanks so much for talking to me, Jar. It's been brilliant hearing how this new age of aviation will benefit Canada. Really looking forward to following CAM's developments in the future. Beyond appreciated, Jason. And we invite everybody to come visit Canada when it's safe to do so in the very near future, hopefully on an AAM vehicle as well. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to be featured in one of our podcasts, or there's something you feel we should be talking about, then please send an email to editorial at avtollinsights.com. We'll be back soon with another episode, so look out for it on whichever podcast platform you use. Goodbye.